You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. You know the drill. We are back. We are back for another uh, top five. We're going to do managers today. The, the title really spoils it. You know, the fact that I have to title these really spoils the, like, the, the suspense that you come into this. You know, like, I, I, I want it to be the suspenseful. Like, you listen to it and you're like, oh, like, what are we going to rank today? And then it's just, it's ruined because you clicked on it and it's a podcast and you just know. You're like, oh, okay, let's listen to managers. And now I don't get, like, I don't get my moment, you know? I, I don't get my, I don't get, <laughs> I don't get my attention, man. Ridiculous. No, I'm playing. Um, top five managers in Tigers history. We've had a lot of good ones. We've had uh, several pretty bad ones. I'm, I'm actually, you know, outside of Brad Osmus, I'm not really sure there's too many managers that people really point to and are like, that dude was just a bad manager. We had some managers that that took over and had horrible teams, right? I mean, like we 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 had our garden hires who what was not AJ Hinch, obviously. Uh, you know, it wasn't uh, obviously some people are more talented than others. I'm not saying managers don't matter. I'm not one of those people uh, that that thinks managers are just irrelevant. And and a big part of that is because of AJ Hinch. AJ, it, it is it is very hard to uh, root for the Detroit Tigers and watch what they accomplished this season and think that managers don't mean anything. So, uh, I some managers are good, some managers are bad. Yes, absolutely. But there are, like, you can only do so much. You know what I mean? Like, you are limited. You can't, you can't take the 2003 Tigers and, and make them win, you know, be a 500 team. Like, that's just not going to happen. So, the, there, there are some that were just put in really bad situations. And I'm not saying Tram was, was some mastermind great manager because he, 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 he wasn't. But uh, I, I think... That one was more just situational of, okay, we're going to suck. We might as well have a hero be at the helm while we suck to make fans happy. And that's what they did. And, and you know, actually, one of my favorite, it's not even a stat, one of my favorite uh, votes in baseball history, it actually is. It is single-handedly my one favorite vote in baseball writers history in the history of this beautiful sport in 2003 when the Detroit Tigers lost 119 games Alan Trammell got a received a manager of the year vote you can look it up you can go to baseball reference or whatever website you use you can go look at the voting results for the 2003 manager of the year uh, American League Manager of the Year voting. Alan Trammell received a vote. And that makes me so happy. It's it's hilarious. They lost 119 games and Alan Trammell got a Manager of the Year vote. 
Uh, I don't know if that was uh, I, I. You can't see who the writers were, and I, I haven't done a, a a deep enough dive to see like was it just like the Tigers writer did that, or, or it was you know like the the winning streak kind of the hot stretch at the end to avoid 120 losses. Like is that what did it in? I don't know. But uh, or it was somebody like you know what this team should have lost 140. The fact that he even lost, the fact that he lost less than 120 is honestly just a testament to how great of a manager he is. I don't know the story, but it's one of my favorite stories in sports. So you have some of those guys, but you also have some dudes that were just damn good managers and uh, great game calling, great bullpen management. That's a big one for a lot of people. Uh, great. Just being a leader of, of men is so important. Uh, there, there's so many factors that go into being a great manager and, 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 and managers do, do matter and, and they do affect the game on a game to game basis. And, um, so we are going to rank attempt to rank, I should say the top five managers in Detroit Tigers history coming in at number five. We have Steve O'Neill. Steve O'Neill was the manager of the Detroit Tigers from 1943 to 1948. And I know that that doesn't sound, it doesn't sound, that isn't a uh, immense amount of time. We haven't had too many like super long-term managers. We've only really had a couple of dudes that were around for like over a decade, you know, um, and uh, as, as you, there's one painfully obvious one that will be very high on this list, but um, Steve O'Neill was, uh, <laughs> his teams just didn't lose in the six years that he was the Tigers manager. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for, uh, he was at the helm for the 1945 team that won the world series. His team never went under 500 worst record was 78 and 76, which he did in his first year and last year with the Detroit Tigers. And the four years in the middle was 88 and 66 which was second place, 88 and 65, which was first place in a World Series ring. 1946 was 92 and 62, which was second place. And then the 47 was 85 and 69, which again was second place. So he, he while it wasn't a, uh, he, was, he was here for a good time, not a long time. You know what I'm saying? He was, uh, he, he was definitely a guy that, that while his tenure was not super long, was one of the more successful managers in the history of this franchise. His winning percentage, as far as win-loss goes, is good enough for fourth all-time in Tigers history. Uh, His win total, just as a whole, is fifth. I mean, having the fifth most wins in, in the history of a franchise that's 120 years old and only being a manager for six years... I would say he's pretty damn impressive. So Steve O'Neill is uh, is going to come in at number five. Average finish was 2.8 as far as uh, where he finished in the standings. That is, again, pretty damn impressive. That's the sixth best in franchise history. Uh, so again, even though it was only a, a, a six-year stint, he left his mark. Uh, his record of uh, 5.09 and 414 win-loss record. Uh, That is 95 games over 500 for his career, which is fourth best in Tigers history. 
So even though he 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 managed 933 games, uh, so he, even though again, even though it was only a six-year stint, a pretty damn impressive six-year stint to go uh, well over 500 in those almost 100 games over 500 accumulated over six years. Never went under 500 once in a season. Won a World Series ring. Uh, there are very few people in the history of this organization that accomplished as much as Steve O'Neill did as manager of this team in, uh, in not a super long period of time. So Steve O'Neill is going to come in as your fifth ranked manager. That's the word in Detroit Tigers history. We'll get to the top four. This is where it gets interesting for me. I think the top four is really where it really starts getting spicy. After I tell y'all about Bill Bar, it's a new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bill Bar into your plans. Bill Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and honestly, is probably better than a candy bar. Bill Bar makes it easy to stick to your New Year's resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, it can be chalky, waxy, or even just taste like chemical spill. You'll want to eat healthy. But sometimes it just gets so boring by like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go get all your secret treat stashes, the ones at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary calorie-flavored treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, it almost counts as a workout, to be honest. There's so many flavors, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited-time flavors. So go to Built.com often and see what's new. Go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. Talking greatest managers of all time. The four, we're in the top four now. The four greatest managers in Tigers history coming in at number four, Mickey Cochran. Now, Mickey Cochran was, uh, was a player manager. So it's, I don't think that's cheating. I, like personally, I don't think that's cheating because he was the main manager for the Detroit Tigers from 1934 to 1930, I guess eight. He got fired in, uh, in 1938. So, well, sure for what is that? Six and a half seasons. Yeah. Six and a half years. Um, was the manager of the Tigers. The interesting thing about it, there's a lot of actually fascinating stuff about this situation. Um, one is that in 1935, they won the World Series with a player manager. That's awesome. Uh, Mickey Cochran was the catcher, for those who don't know. One of uh, one of my... I, I just love all the catchers. <laughs> so, like, 
you could you could list any catcher, really good or bad, in the history of the Tigers, and I'll say they're one of my favorite Tigers ever. It's kind of a, a just cheating to say, but um, he was the catcher for the Tigers. Uh, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a two-time MVP. He won the MVP in 1934, which was his first year as player manager for the Detroit Tigers. So I find that kind of fascinating uh, that he won MVP as a player while being a manager. But I mean, mean, aside from the fact that he was a a phenomenal player and had an over 900 OPS in 1935 when they won the World Series, he was at the helm. So like that's that's crazy to me and and he I guess it kind of gets interesting once you get into in 34 and 35 he was the only manager. He was the manager of the Detroit Tigers. He's the only one that the wins and losses were given credit to. And in 34 and 35 uh in, in 34 they won 101 games and won the pennant and in 35 they won 93 games and won the World Series. So like, I mean, that's a, it's a pretty damn good two-year stretch there. But it gets really weird when you get from 36 to 37. I guess that's two years. So I don't know why I made it sound like it was like a big, long thing. In 36 and 37, he was still a player manager. But he, like, they had other managers as well. And they would like they would they would give credit to like the other managers as well. So like like in 1936, for instance, Mickey Cochran was player manager from in the the first part of the season. Then they brought in Dell Baker, who went 18 and 16. And then for like the last third of the season, they were like, "All right, Mickey, like you 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 could just be manager again." That that Dell experiment did work out. You could be manager again, and then that that like that's just what happened. Like it's 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 it was a it was a weird time, man. And then and then it happened again. So like in his first stint with the Tigers, Mickey in thirty six, he went twenty nine and twenty four. Then they brought in Dell, and then they brought him back to be the manager. Not brought him back. He was still the catcher on the team. He he uh, he he didn't play in as many games this season though. Uh, and then he went 36 and 31 to end the season with his second stint. So like as a whole, he went 65 and 55 as manager in 1936, 1937, there were five registered managers for the Detroit Tigers who went 89 and 65, which was second in the American league, but they had five registered managers and Two of those five were Mickey Cochran. So Mickey starts off the season as the register manager, goes 16 and 13. Then they hand that over to Del Baker. Then they hand it over to Cy Perkins. Then they hand it to, no, 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 sorry. The the order, my order is mixed up. Then they hand it over to Del Baker. Then they hand it back over to Mickey Cochran. Who goes 26 and 20. Then they hand it over to Dell Baker. And or, or no, something <laughs> it's it's very it's almost impossible to keep track of. You get the point. Okay. 
lots of lots of who who is the real manager nobody knows um Mickey Cochran was playing in a lot less games by uh the, by the the latter part of his career in that 36 and 37 season only played in 44 in 1936 and 27 in 1937 so uh was was taking kind of a backseat on the field and then there was just a mishmash of a bunch of different people that were all like kind of in charge, kind of not. Uh, and then in 1938 is when uh, Mickey Cochran would start the season as the Tigers manager, go 47 and 51, and then get relieved of again Dell Baker, who would then take over from then on out and actually have a pretty good record uh, for the the remainder of that season. Dell had. Uh, but the reason that Mickey Cochran is on this list is a won a World Series. That's a big one. And I know again, he he did not have a very long stint. Was a manager across five different seasons. So I mean, managed in only six hundred games, right? But when we're looking at win loss percentage, he has comfortably. And I, again, I know he didn't manage as many games as as some of the other people, but comfortably the highest win percentage in Detroit Tigers history. The the only two t- people that technically speaking are higher than him are Billy Hitchcock, who was an interim manager for one game and went 1 and 0, and Dick Tracewski, who managed two games and went 2 and 0. So of anybody that's – those are the only two people out of them. So of anyone who's managed more than three games in their Tigers tenure as manager, he has the highest win-loss percentage of all time. His average rank, average final like end-of-season finish was 1.8, which is remarkable. Um, the 98 – Games over 500 for his win-loss record is the third highest in franchise history. 348 wins puts him at 10th all-time in franchise history. Um, the I mean, on and on. He, he, he was a player manager in one of the best eras in Tigers baseball. So that gives him the honors of being the fourth greatest manager in Detroit Tigers history. Coming in. At number three, we have Huey Jennings. Huey Jennings was the manager for the Tigers for a minute. From 1907 all the way until after the 1920 season. Uh, Won the pennant three times. Was a player manager for a few of these seasons, but not all of them. Um, Won the pennant the first three seasons he was actually manager. He won the pennant. Um, 1907, 1908, and 1909. The Tigers won the pennant every year. He's a guy where if he retires with a ring, he's probably at the top of this list. He's definitely in in like considered a lot more heavily to be. He has the second most wins in franchise history, and there's a huge drop off. Number one and two both have over 1,100, and then the next closest has 700. There is a a 400-win difference between the second and third most wins in franchise history. Hugh and Jennings responsible for the second most wins. Uh, also, his 159 games 
over 500 is comfortably the highest in franchise history. So even though he only has the second most wins, he has uh, far fewer losses than the person with the most wins and a far better win-loss percentage. Um, his coming in at 538, which is 13th best in Tigers history. So he, he has a lot of managerial records still to this day. Just for fun, the third most ejections in uh, <laughs> in Tigers history as well. Uh, I'll, I mean, fair, fairly easy choice. I, I think he's a pretty much a shoe in for three. I think one and two are, are pretty comfortably one and two. And uh, I think he's comfortably better than everyone kind of we've, we've said previously, and that has been listed before him. So uh, Huey Jennings, the Hall of Famer, coming in at number three. We will get into the top two. There's a hell of a debate for numbers one and two. And we'll get into those right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Segment three, third and final segment of Locked On Tigers, ranking the five greatest managers in Tigers history. This is a toughie, man. It, it really is tough. One and two is, is very difficult for me. Um, I, I I think you could make a legitimate argument for either one. And I, I don't say that as a cop-out. I say that as spending all day trying to figure out which, and going back, like every hour, I was pretty much changing which person I had at the top and, and which person I had at number two. Whoever you have at one or two, personally, and whatever I'm about to say, there's absolutely no disrespect in putting someone at the second greatest of all time in uh, in franchise history there. Um, these are two incredibly well-respected people within the organization. I think most people would probably agree they're one and two. Um, I, I also want to say before we get any further, AJ Hinch has a very good chance of flying up this board. I think it's unfair to put him anywhere after one below 500 season. Um, but we all know how difficult it actually was to perform even as well as he did with the roster given and the changes that we're already seeing made. Uh, and the, the talent we're adding to the roster, I think there's a very good chance, as long as we retain him for a long time, uh, that A.J. Hinge could be very, very high on this list when it's all said and done. But for now, he is, uh, he is just an honorable mention. Okay, numbers one and two. I guess, I, like I'm still debating in my head. That's how tough this is. Like I'm still going back and forth in my head. Uh, okay, let, let's just do it. Let's just, let's just stop talking about it and do it. Coming in at number two, we have Jim Leland. Jim Leland with a record of 70597. His 700 wins puts him at the third most wins in Tigers history, uh, about 200 more wins than fourth place. And as we talked about, about 400 less wins than Huey Jennings at Second place, games over 500, 103. That's good enough for second all-time in franchise history, only again behind Huey Jennings. The thing that really gets you with Jimmy Leland is average ranking, right? Average finish at the end of the season is 2.1. 
he averaged finish in se- finishing in second place across eight seasons, and that is remarkably impressive. And it becomes even more impressive when you take into consideration the fact that the team he took over was coming out of one of the lowest points any team in Major League Baseball history has, but was but had been through. That late 90s and early 2000s Tigers era was absolutely horrific. And he immediately takes over and takes them to the World Series in his first season. Now, they had a lot of good young talent. A lot of rookies got called up. Verlander, Curtis, whatever. The the front office added a lot of talent. Absolutely. But it doesn't change the fact that, that of how monumental of an accomplishment that was. He managed the third most games in Tigers history. Uh, and also, just because he's Jimmy Leland, has uh, has the most ejections in Tigers history, which is pretty unbelievable considering he was the manager for eight years. And there's a dude that was the manager for this team for 17 seasons. So like, and he was considered kind of a hothead. So like Leland was about that life, man. Like Leland was about it. He, he would mess you up. The 540 win-loss percentage puts him at ninth all-time across uh, across all managers in Tigers history. Um, but again, when when you're managing eight full seasons, that's a lot different than than there's a few guys on here that just managed one or two seasons and and was were in a lot different of situations. So very good uh, win-loss percentage over eight seasons. That is that is very impressive. Um, mo- again, most ejections and, and again, the average rank of 2.1, that is the fourth best in Tigers, third best actually in Tigers history. Um, Mickey Cochran being first at 1.8 and Billy Martin being second at a two, even Jim Leland with a 2.1 meant so much to the city was the perfect guy at the helm for that era. Um, I know there's some analytics debate about could he have made the lineup better, whatever, probably. But as far as results go, outside of of having a ring on his finger, there is there is not much else he could have accomplished as the manager of the Detroit Tigers. And I think if he wins a ring, whether it was in 06 or in 12, uh, I, I probably have him at number one. And that leads us to number one, the greatest manager in Detroit Tigers history, Sparky Anderson, Hall of Famer, uh, one of the greatest to ever do it, undubitably, undoubtedly, uh, World Series champion in both leagues, had two with the Cincinnati Reds, and then one with the Detroit Tigers, was the manager of the Tigers for 17 years, came in halfway, about little, a little less than halfway through the season, in 1979 and would uh, be the, the skipper until 1995. Now the thing, the, the reason why this was a debate for me is because it was, it was quantity over quality for me. Not that Sparky did not accomplish a whole hell of a lot because he absolutely did. And in the 80s, the Tigers were, were one of the best teams in the American League for, for pretty much the entire decade of the 1980s. So he, he deserves a ton of credit and, and was at the helm for a, an unbelievable, I mean, that 84 team in its own gets him a ton of credit. Wire to wire, 104 wins, World Series, 
just demolished everyone in their path. Uh, in 87, winning almost 100 games again uh, going into the postseason. Uh, I mean, the entire 80s, right? I mean, <laughs> 92 wins, 104 wins, 84 wins, 87 wins, 98 wins, 88 wins. Uh, I mean, I mean, just remarkable. The, the reason that it was tough for me was because then when you got into the 90s, it, it really fell off a cliff. Now, the, the core, the people from that team outside of Tram and Lou, all left too. And he wasn't really given that much talent, especially once you got into the mid-90s. And he still had a couple of over 500 seasons. In 1991, he won 84 wins. In 1993, he won 85 games. But there's there's a lot of losses in there too, and then quite a few seasons of sub 500 ball, and a couple seasons of just I, I mean, like people forget Sparky was the manager of an 103 loss team, right? So while this was very close for me, and and it still is very close for me, and I might finish recording this and go, oh no, Jim should be one or whatever. Um, I, I think, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to slander or put Sparky sticking around and being the manager of this team for a long time against him either. When the talent leaves, the talent leaves. And then again, there's only so much a manager can do, but, uh, you know, just most wins in franchise history, comfortably, most losses comfortably again, managed 17 seasons far more than anybody else ever. That makes sense. Win loss percentage. Puts him at 14th in Tigers history with a 516 win loss percentage. Uh, games above 500, 83, which again it has to do with the win loss. That's a direct thing. That that's fifth in franchise history. Uh, best finish is obviously a World Series win. Worst finish was seventh. Again, had that 100 loss season. Um, Average rank, average division rank at the end of the season. Sparky Anderson, three and a half, which is 16th in franchise history. So, and again, playing the average game when you're when you're a manager for almost 20 years and go through good eras and bad eras is a tough game to play. And at the end of the day, I did put him at one because I, I do think that I, I don't want to pin against him all of the talent on the team leaving. I, I don't want that to be his fault. So he is one. And he does have comfortably the most wins in franchise history. 200 more than Huey Jennings and 400 more than third place. Sorry, what? 600 more? 600 more than third place. That's math. Um, and, and he was at... He, <laughs> At the helm for more than anybody else, won a ring, accomplished everything you can possibly accomplish as a manager in baseball and for the Detroit Tigers, a Tiger through and through, stuck around with the organization uh, all the way until his death in 2010. Sparky, Captain Hook, uh, the, the, it's so many infamous moments. The players talk about him like he was... Uh, like like he was bigger than life, like he was almost mythical. Two-time manager of the year winner, won the pennant five times. Just unbelievable, man. Sparky Anderson, your greatest manager in Tigers history. That'll do it for today's show. Thank you guys for sticking around. I hope these are fun. Uh, they get great reviews, so uh, I'm very thankful for y'all for, uh, for putting up with me through this lockout and, and hearing. We're, we're trying to have fun still. 
So thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Make your second listen. Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Free and available on all platforms. Back at it tomorrow. Same time, same place, baby. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. And I will catch you all then. Go Tigers.